Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Pastor Ryan Davis. Good morning, everyone. We're going to make a start. If you'd like to find your seats, that'd be great. Thank you, gentlemen. Excellent. Why don't you thank the band this morning? Give them a little cheer. Well done, guys. Excellent. My name's Ryan. I'm part of the team here at Harvest Australia Church. And uh, yeah, just um, very excited to share. And yeah, on behalf of Marty and Karen, welcome. Thanks for coming out. Uh, They're enjoying holiday times, so we love them heaps. How many people appreciate Marty and Karen? Come on. Love them. Love them so much. Excellent. Hey, uh, Louise and I, we moved house just last week, um, settled in, and it uh, was very um, exciting, a lot of hustle and bustle, a little hectic, especially having a toddler and, uh, and, a, and a six-month baby. And so uh, to unwind and relax, last night we went on a date. Louise just had her hair cut, so she's looking really hot. And uh, we dropped off the kids at my parents and then went and saw a kid's movie. It was kind of a bit strange, but Finding Dory. Uh, so, anyone seen that? It was so funny. <laughs> My name is Dory. I suffer from long-term memory loss. <laughs> Short-term memory loss, actually. Short-term memory loss. And, uh, yeah, hey, I really spoke to me. It's so funny. I'm the guy that laughs when, and I think everyone's going to join in with me, and I'm the only one laughing. So <laughs> must be my sense of humor. Um, one of the most powerful moments in the movie last night really spoke to me was um, when Mr. Ray, the teacher of the little uh, sea life creatures, sees his own species migrating. And uh, he's like, I can feel it. I can feel it. You know, his inner instinct just started kicking in, you know. And uh, by the end of the movie, it's like they're having school and it's like, where's Mr. Ray going, you know? He's jumped on board. He's Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org. Creatures that aren't your own species, which is what happened to Dory, you know. Um, she ended up with, uh, I don't want to do any spoilers. I've done that before, um, you know. With a class, I said, who would have thought in How to Train a Dragon 2, the dragon, you know, and I, and the kids are just looking at me like, you totally, you know, um, yeah, all right, but hey, I, I love it, and um, yeah, definitely a great, great season in our lives, moving into a new place in Port Nolunga South, you know, the mouth, the, the really big mansion, um, we're just behind there a few streets, you know, um, <laughs> we're, we're there. Yeah, Marty saw what a great job we were doing, you know, and um, so that was really fun. But finding home, finding your family, and um, I just really want to share around this morning about this idea of finding your squad, finding your squad. And uh, so um, why don't you turn to your neighbor this morning and say, hey, I'm in your squad. (laughs) That's good. Excellent. Well, I'm a youth pastor, so... I tend to um, uh, catch on to these new catchphrases and hashtags. And one of them at the moment is hashtag squad goals. And you do a, a selfie of yourself with your, with your squad. And um, I got a lovely letter from some youth on my desk. Had a few flowers there. And 
Um, they were, they were, thank you for, t- Ryan, thank you for teaching us about God from the squad. And then I had a photo of them like, you know, <laughs> it was really fun. Hey, but I've been on a journey, you know, uh, I'm 32 now. But I've been on this journey of finding my squad, finding my tribe, finding my people. And guess what? It's you guys. And uh, I love you so much. Louise and I, we love you so much. We um, pray for you. And I just look around at all the creatures, all, all the species, um, all the new creations, you know. And I, I just, you know, you're my people. You're my family. And how many people know that when you say church, like... Um, in the New Testament, it's not the building, it's, it's the people. And so even if there was a, you know, uh, we didn't have this property, but praise God we do, what an amazing property. I, I believe that we'd still rally around one another, we'd still rally around what God's doing. We'd rally around leadership, we'd rally around Marty and Karen and, and the anointing on their lives and the vision that they have. And I, I love the, the um, yeah, the the name of our church, Harvest Australia Church, the vision is there. Harvest, Australia, and church. So you've got the mission harvest, you've got the mission field, Australia, and you've got our, um, our purpose, you know, to be, to be the church, to be this family, this tribe, this squad, to, to have goals, to have goals, squad goals. And I love the values of this house, you know, worship, presence, and family. And I remember first coming here when I was 17, uh, in year 12, I came with my cousin James and he was uh, watching his son play a chess tournament just the other weekend there, it was really funny, it was like, whoa, blast from the past. Um, and I, I sat at the back and I thought to myself, what is this place, you know, it was so entertaining as a, as a teenager and just watching a God move in the place and, and you guys and the that we have been here for many years and the celebration, the, the excitement of, of God and, and being, being fresh, being on the cutting edge, wanting to see more. Um, and uh, I remember, um, actually, I was here when Rob, hands up, Rob, where are you? Um, he got saved. And uh, when Marie got healed of her back condition, his wife, the church went um, uh, just crazy. And, uh, <laughs> and then Rob... Uh, got saved that night. Yeah, Bronnie, you remember it. And then the church went crazy again. And uh, you know, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome, you know. And uh, there were two African preachers there. And, you know, I was born in Africa. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, one of them's name was Victor. Victor. And so I came that Saturday, uh, and I think it was the following Saturday, to a youth meeting. I think that might have been when Martin and Karen were actually doing youth. Who would have thought that years and years later, you know, I, I know I look about 40 and I look quite mature and that sort of thing but I'm actually only 32 so yeah so who would have thought all those years later I'd become the youth pastor in this place but you know I've always had that instinct that homecoming like wanting to find my people and even when I was teaching up in Wyler and Port Augusta we'd find ourselves coming back here just migrating back here you know like like Mr. Ray I can feel it you know just coming back you know <laughs> uh, back here you know, I was a teacher, so that's quite prophetic for me. I, I still am, but, you know, in, in Wyla, and now I'm here. But I remember coming here uh, with Louise, and we were newly married um, in Port Augusta. And we just came here, and we were enjoying uh, just seeing what God's doing here with Marty and Karen, their leadership, and 
uh, someone said, you know, every Sunday morning's like a conference with Marty and Karen, and it, it was, it's, and it is, it's exciting. And so uh, we just were um, going out the door. We're one of those people that leave really early, you know, <laughs> because of um, just like, okay, got it, now I'm going to go, you know. <laughs> and so, but I, I've actually had to learn and go on a journey of just really uh, investing and, and rubbing shoulders with and uh, getting to know uh, my community, getting to know a tribe, not just being someone who's off here and there and, as my mum would say, gallivanting across Adelaide, I used to do that, my little Suzuki over here, then there, then there. But really finding my community. And Marty and Karen were a big part of that. And I've seen the fruit and the greatness that's come out of that. And I remember just sitting in the cafe and um, we're about to leave, but Marty had called us over for a coffee. We're sitting with him. He's getting to know us. And he's like, hey, Karen, get a load of these guys sort of thing. And we're telling them a bit about our story. And it felt like a job interview, and I realized now it probably was, you know. <laughs> and then uh, he uh, invited us to apply for a role of youth pass, and one thing led to another, and here we are, and haven't looked back. It's very, um, been a real wild ride. So very much appreciate um, Marty and Karen and their commitment to uh, seeing us, seeing Louise and I even go beyond what we've known the church to be in, in a place where, oh, yeah, you, you experience some... Um, this component, that component of the kingdom, but the kingdom culture that we're really starting to move into in a really wonderful way is this whole family, tribe sort of community, getting to know one another from the heart. And uh, so what I want to talk about with squad, finding a squad, I want to I talk about this big idea this morning of a culture of, and I know you think I might say honor, but I want to talk about a culture of loyalty, because I believe a culture of loyalty is a culture of leadership, which actually releases um, a squad towards becoming an, an army, towards becoming a movement, a church that has purpose and real um, uh, transformation uh, in the city that, that begins to release. Because God is so into family. He's so much into family. And uh, I just love that so much about uh, this. So what I want to do, I want to share actually a few scriptures. I want to share about the story of the mighty men. And so if you want to turn with me right now to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22. David's father-in-law, Saul, is in hot pursuit of David. He wants him dead. David has become a fugitive. David um, was anointed by Samuel at the age of 15 and he knew that uh, there's greatness in his life, on his life, and uh, that God had called him. Saul sees uh, the success of David and then begins to uh, threaten him, uh, pursue him towards uh, actually just, you know, totally killing him. But even in that time, David honours um, Saul and honors the anointing that God had placed on his life and knew that uh, knew that this is this is his purpose to to make sure that he just gets out of that uh, arena and to a place where he he finds God's heart and some of the most beautiful you know psalms come out of these times of David being in caves and being in uh, the wilderness and you know um, and just asking God you know this giant slayer 
who'd killed tens of his tens of thousands, Israel's first rock star, get it, with the sling and the rock, and uh, he's writing this beautiful poetry, this man after God's own heart, and I, I love it, one preacher said, you know, some of his psalms, his, his songs there are like, you know, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, God, for your glory, you know, <laughs> it's like, the, you read the psalms, and he definitely, you know, is a man of justice, but he knows the heart of God so much, and so we read here that this man um, and who he is in his royal identity, though he's not the king yet, in his royal destiny, though he's not upon the throne yet, uh, others begin to identify something about him. And then from their hearts, they connect with him. They become loyal to him. So let's read. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam, so when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And get this, guys. Look at the three Ds in verse 2. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered. Let's say that together, that word gathered. 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 Squad. <laughs> to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. 400 men. Now I want you just to jump over to uh, First Chronicles. The story of uh, the mighty men is told in, in Samuel as well, Samuel 23. But I just want to get this verse down pat. Um, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 10. And this is the chronicles, you know, the kings of the victories of some of the um, highlights of David's reign are spoken about here, and the mighty men are told about this hall of fame. Um, and it notes here in verse 10, Now these were the heads of the mighty men who David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all Israel, to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Awesome, it goes on to tell. Um, so, excellent. This loyalty... Uh, release leadership and release the kingdom. Let's pray together this morning. Thank you so much, Lord. We come together, Lord. We come before you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the freshness of your word, Lord. We bless Martin, Karen, and honor them this morning. We gather around their leadership and what they've, uh, they've cast, what they've invested and imparted into us. And uh, we really pray that you would do a great work in our hearts this morning. Um, and we thank you, Lord, for the great work you're doing in our um, bodies with the coffee this morning. We thank you for coffee, that it yeah, gets us going on cold mornings, Lord. Yeah, amen. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I definitely appreciate the coffee um, when moving house this week. And definitely appreciate the support of the community, uh, some of those that we invited to help along, uh, and how they, they rallied around Louise and I and moving house, and um, uh, definitely not an easy thing to do, right, Keith, on um, Wednesday with the downpour. I think the, the most wettest and wildest day of the year was when we started to move, and Keith was like, what's that, Ryan, you know, carrying boxes out, and Danny and, and Kieran were there, and just really supporting us as we as we moved house, 
And uh, it was just so much fun as well. Then on the next day, uh, we started to shift some of the large objects and my dad was there helping and he's like a turtle personality and I'm like the hare and so that was a, that was a whole lot of fun. But just the, the process and the, uh, the, the enjoyment and just seeing people's loyalty, you know, gather around us, you know, we, we, we rally around Marty and Karen and these guys rallied around us as our squad for that purpose and and uh, yeah, just seeing this contagious thing happen and this heart connection that uh, we're seeing happening in the church community. Definitely loved it. Um, you know, these mighty men, I just want to tell you about a few of them, three of them. There was 30 of them. Uh, there, was, there was 400 mighty men, but then there was, in, when we first read, but when, by the end, it's talking about these 30, these 30 ones that are just like warriors. They're they're uh, powerful, mighty men of valor. And uh, among them were three, these three dudes. And I want to tell you about them this morning. So uh, I'll just turn to my little section here. Um, the first one I want to tell you about is, uh, here it is. I want to tell you about Josheb Basheb-eth. <laughs> Call him Josh for short. This guy, he had a spear and he went out and killed 800, 800 of the enemy. I mean, we're talking about a guy is dangerous with a spear. Imagine that. He goes out, it's like, I'm, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to get him. You know, imagine what his face looked like. I, I would love to see. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. But with a spear, just the spear as his weapon, Goes down, it's like, imagine what it looked like. He's probably like, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with his like, but then stabbing and all that sort of thing. Um, but when someone carries that amount of courage and that amount of might, just the atmosphere around them gets released. And so he was one of David's mighty men. This next guy, Elizar, um, I love this guy so much. Um, so Ellie, yeah, can imagine for you ladies as well. <laughs> this guy, uh, one time the Philistines were teasing, they were poking fun at the army of Israel, and it's like, what the heck? Not on my watch. And so he grabs his sword when Israel had like fled and done a bit of a runner and just starts like taking down, slaying down these enemies of the Philistines. So much so, but by the end of the day, his hand was stuck to his sword, like gripped, because he'd been just fighting so hard. And uh, when the army of Israel came back, all there was left to do was just cleaning up, you know, the spoiling and cleaning up sort of thing. Okay, the last guy of the three, these epic guys, um, his name is Shema. And uh, this guy, when the Philistines were coming against Israel, he spotted, for all you guys into healthy eating, he spotted a, le- a field of lentils. And uh, <laughs> he's like, whoa, you know, this is good. You know, this is ground that I want. Um, and uh, for his health food store, you know, his little, you can imagine his little village. <laughs> we jumped in there and he, he just stood the ground. He started uh, fighting and protecting it. And uh, yeah, he, he defeated the the Philistine army, and uh, this is one of his mighty things. There's so many other stories of some of the mighty men um, of Israel. I love it. There's a guy that jumped in a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. So, <laughs> I love it. 
a guy that killed a um, dreaded Egyptian warrior who had a massive spear the size of a weaver's beam. And he grabbed the spear off this uh, mighty Egyptian and killed him with his own spear. Come on. These guys are mighty men. You know, there was something about David, who was the giant slayer, that these guys rallied around that anointing. They rallied around what they saw in David, and then that was reproduced in them. They had that courage uh, in them that then they went out and reproduced that culture where they went. These guys carried breakthrough for the kingdom with the king. These guys uh, took territory. They opened up ground. These guys protected their ground, held the ground, stood fast, stood firm in what they had and what they'd won for royalty. And I, I just think of Jesus. I think about how Jesus took zeros to heroes and how he got just normal people. And because of who he was and what he carried in his royal identity and destiny, that was reproduced in them, imparted into them, whereby they began to experience greatness, whereby they began to feel great, like even saying, which one of us is the greatest? Jesus didn't say that was wrong. He just said, hey, if you want to be great, this is how you do it, serve. In other words, be loyal to, to the cause of Christ. Be a leader in that way. Be a lover. And so these guys were lovers of David, bromance, so loyal to him. And it was their loyalty to David that propelled them into doing these crazy things, these great things. And so I just want to throw out there this morning that this is, this is my main word. This is my main word. Give honor, be loyal, release greatness. Give honor, be loyal, and see greatness. Give honor, be loyal, and you'll see greatness, and you'll be great. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being great. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do great things. But the way to do it is to serve. The way to do it is to be loyal. The way to do it is to show honor to leadership, to be connected with leadership, to honor the anointing on Marty and Karen, to honor the appointing on their life, and, uh, and just combine hearts with that. And then out of that place, you'll see incredible fruit happen, breakthrough, things breaking open and ground held and won. And, uh, and this is just incredible. So why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, hey, I got your back. I got your back. Awesome. So these guys stood together. And, uh, you know, you can imagine, you can imagine like being on the mobile, being on the run. They didn't have a location that they were fixed to, but they were a tribe. They were a squad. And so, uh, you know, probably sitting around the campfire telling stories like, did you see... Um, that incredible sword swing I did. Do you see me take out that dude with the one one eye and you know, um, just incredible things like thanks for saving me the other day, thanks for doing that for me the other day, and just you know these guys became legendary. They had a legacy, even so much when they went back to rebuild the wall after exile in Jerusalem. Nehemiah, there was a section that they were rebuilding called the House of the Heroes, which these guys had. Um, been a part of. Rebuilding the house of heroes, rediscovering heroic um, purpose, rediscovering what is in our lives, you know, what God has destined us to be. And uh, this is what we're moving into. And so 
I just loved it so much, you know, when we're moving house, just some of the mighty exploits that, that happened. Uh, <laughs> um, Christiane continuously chose the hardest, the dirtiest jobs. Where are you, Christiane? It was amazing, like the kitchen and the grime and then the toilet area and the, the blinds. She just like chose the hardest jobs, you know. And when you see someone like leading worship and they do do that, you know, that this is why Marty and Karen are like, go for it, Christiane, because this loyalty that she carries, you know, and when she's doing that unto Louise and I, she's actually doing it unto Marty and Karen, she's actually doing it unto the Lord Jesus, you know, and she's seen, she's seen, she's got the revelation now, she understands, she gets it, that whatever you do to someone else, you're doing to, 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 towards leadership, you're actually doing towards Christ, the squad goals are being released. Show honor, be loyal, release greatness. And greatness came out of that place. And you actually carry uh, greatness. Um, another uh, heroic story was Kieran and Danny who uh, came to a house at night after a big day and brought some curry for us. And uh, that was just so delicious. You know, they went out of their way to get some curry. I mean, this is like something that's, that you, goes down in, in uh, history. You know, this is great. This is service. This is something that is awesome. You know, I love curry so much, and they got me the hottest curry from Harvest India. And uh, I'm actually a bit of a, 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 a legend for curry in Adelaide. The reason being, in, in Chefs of Tinduri and uh, Unley Road, I asked for a Zindaloo, which is the hottest curry in Adelaide. And uh, I think some, an ambulance even had to come. And when I heard about it, I actually didn't venture to do it. I just got for, went for the um, Vindaloo, not the Zindaloo. But then when I went the next time, I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I ordered the Zindaloo and I was like, come on, this is like kindergarten. I was eating away. No, not really. It was, it was burning me. You know? <laughs> and, um, and then uh, I went out and I'm like, yeah, I did it. And, and she's like, Really? you ate it, you know, sort of thing. And I thought I was going to get a t-shirt, you know, I've, I've eaten the hottest curry in Adelaide or something. But then, and then she like, a, a chef like just went into a bit of shock and, uh, sorry, uh, the uh, waiter went into a bit of shock and went out to inspect like if it was actually so. Um, and then the lady at the counter, she actually referred me to a plaque on the wall, the Zindaloo Warriors. And, uh, <laughs> And so I've attained to the Zindaloo Warriors, you know. There's all these Hindu gods and then the plaque with the, Hin- uh, the sorry, the Zindaloo Warriors, you know, Ryan Davis, you know, <laughs> doing it for Jesus. And so, but it's funny. Um, but just uh, in this time, in this uh, community, seeing one another do great things of service. And, you know, when you do show that loyalty to the house, to Martin Karen, to, to Christ, uh, it, it does release greatness, and we want you to be great, to have no shame in, in uh, actually just putting yourself out there and say, hey, I'll do that, I'll do this, hey, can I give this a go, um, you know, and uh, in Australia, we have something called tall poppy syndrome, but we want this to be a house of very, very tall poppies, we want this to a place where people go so high and grow and are raised up to release the kingdom of God. Because if you become big people, we're going to see big things happen in the city of Adelaide. But if you cut each other down or we cut ourselves down, then we're not going to see the release. So again, give honor to one another, be loyal and release greatness. Carry the culture of loyalty, therefore carrying the culture of leadership, the culture of the kingdom. 
The kingdom culture of family, definitely. And this is what I'm emphasizing this morning. Getting, getting behind each other, covering for each other, covering for each other's backs, like talking one another up, even like was spoken here, like really going in hard to serve someone else in the community and to serve Marty and Karen, even, even taking honoring Marty and Karen to the next level. Even financially into this house, even whatever you want to do, let's see how far we can go to make this community great, to make the name of Harvest Australia Church a hero among the churches in Australia, even in the nations. Why? So that we can see Jesus Christ, the King, glorified through our royal expression of greatness. But how do you become great? You honor leadership. You're loyal to them. And, and you serve them and you serve. Whoever wants to be great among you, let him serve. And how do you connect with Marty and Karen? It doesn't mean, or, or any leader or anyone in this church, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, invite each other around for dinner or hang out with each other on the weekend, although that is good. The way to do it is just go up to someone, look them in the eyes, like really look them in the eyes and say, hey, I'm with you. I might not know everything about you, but hey... Th- I, I, I care about you. I haven't known you for that long, but I feel that instinct inside of me saying, you're one of my people. You're one of my squad. And uh, just like connecting in that way. Are you with me this morning? Yeah, you're with me. You're with me. And, and this is the way the kingdom, you know. In the world, uh, you know, families, are, well, a, a, a couple throw thousands of dollars into a wedding, thousands of dollars um, into that marriage day. But then the actual marriage may not necessarily carry that greatness. You know, families pour thousands and thousands, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars into building a house, into building a mansion, but they might neglect the family. What I'm talking about this morning is relationship, loyalty and relationship, a tenacious, a resilient loyalty, a connection in the spirit, a commitment to one another, a covenant, a covenant with one another. Uh, that, that you begin to build up uh, one another. And by building up one another, you're building up relationships. And by building up the little relationships in this church and speaking one another up and being loyal to one another, you start to build up and those building blocks connect. And then what we have is like a wool, a place of heroes, so to speak. We have an expression of royalty that then releases the kingdom and then attracts people. And this is exactly what happened. You know, people gathered around David, the giant slayer, and the other giant slayers, and the other mighty men. And, and, and people became great uh, through, through this expression. So again, I say, show honor, be loyal, and release greatness. And I love this last little story uh, that I want to share where David is just craving, oh, that I might have a drink from Bethlehem. You know, there's a massive battle going on, and um, they're in this place which they'd um, build a little stronghold. And uh, the mighty men have created like obstacles so that the armies couldn't get to David because there was a lot of heat on him, a lot of pressure on him. And David's like, oh, that I might drink from, from uh, Bethlehem's well, you know. Some people say that he's craving the Messiah, you know. Um, uh, one commentator says that. And, uh, and these mighty men, those three guys, those three guys that I mentioned, they're like, Ah, oh, they did not waste a moment. They're like, let's go. And so they just break through all these enemy ranks, go to that well, that famous well in Bethlehem, 
get some water and not drinking them it themselves, but carrying it um, right back to David. Bring it to him. And David is absolutely shocked at the level of loyalty and honor and commitment. And he says, I can't drink this water. It'll be like drinking these men's blood. And he pours it out before the Lord as an act of worship. And Australians, my, my friends in this place, Harvest Australia Church, in that story, don't those men just, they shine a greatness, don't they? They're just, that is great, you know? And I'm just wondering if um, a nation, a, a, a group of people in this place, that we could um, perhaps go even harder in what it might mean to, to have a spirit of mateship, which is in our culture, to, to really lay a hold of that, that, that quality, that, that, um, uh, that quality, that cultural attribute in our nation of mateship. What would it mean to do that? You know, I don't think that the uh, Australians ever lost a skirmish in Vietnam because once they, once they go for it, they go for it. They don't back down. But when they're divided, it's messy, you know? Um, and I, I, I heard an Australian uh, um, comedian recently say, you know, it can be a bit of a smart aleck nation. Like, um, so, uh, so what are you doing today? Oh, not much. You know, <laughs> how long is it going to be till we get there? Oh, not far. You know, it's like, it's funny. There's a sense of humor in our nation. But what I want to see us do is I want us to be countercultural against tall poppy syndrome in this next season. I want us to see if we can um, make this a community. Not, not, it's not just the building, but we serve the building as well. We, we want, want it to look nice. But in serving one another, make this a, a culture that people just want to be a part of. You know, it's not just what people are saved out of. It's what people are saved into. Make this the church that you would want to come to if you were new. Ha! Make this the church that you would want to come to if you were new. And when people come in, they want to see that culture of, of honor, of loyalty, the culture of family, of the kingdom of God, of Christ, of acceptance, of belonging, of adoption, you know, of, oh, I've got a part of this. I can be a part of this squad. And uh, so this is what I'm, I'm speaking on this morning. So mateship, no tall poppy syndrome. Mateship, no tall poppy syndrome. Sticking up for the underdog, no tall poppy syndrome. Are you with me this morning, people? This is awesome. Let's stand together and we'll pray us out. Excellent. Come on. Yeah. Let's uh, just position ourselves before the Lord Jesus this morning. I just want you to visualize him as the king, the king over Australia today. And uh, just um, begin to open up uh, your heart right now, knowing that you have a place in Harvest Australia Church. The Lord has brought this church about. We honor those that have gone before us we honor the legacy. We honor the, um, the, the strength of, of men and women, uh, mighty men and women who have um, opened up the way. But today we lay hold of what you have for us. Today, Lord, we position ourselves wholeheartedly um, to the vision of this house, to Marty and Karen's hearts. Lord, we wholeheartedly uh, position ourselves in a connection towards that what the anointing that you put on their lives. Lord, and we pray that that anointing would be released upon all of us this morning. Lord, we receive that, that 
What Wayne and Irene has um, reproduced in Marty and Karen is being reproduced in us, of the family of the kingdom, of being disciples, of, of discipling the nation of Australia. And Lord, today I release greatness. And uh, if there's anyone that's in debt, if anyone's disconnected, if anyone's discontented, you have a place here at Harvest Australia Church. Come and jump on. Get aboard the leadership culture here of being great, of serving, of loyalty. We are gathering around a calling, a purpose. Lord, I pray that these great ones this week, Lord, would break open new territory for your kingdom through the church. Lord, that they would guard the ground that jealously that you've given them in this place, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you'd raise up such great people, Lord, that are... Uh, that they would go far beyond their wildest imagination, Lord, in, in, in a creativity of hospitality, of, of, of decoration in this place, of serving, of pastoring one another and uh, being kind to one another and giving to one another generously and in exhorting one another and speaking the word to one another, teaching one another, singing songs to one another, visiting one another when they're sick, praying for one another, laying hands on one another, hugging one another. Uh, Lord, I ask that, they, that you would raise up such a culture of celebration and love Lord, that it's so loud. Lord, I just thank you, Jesus, that it's going to be fun. It's going to be happy. Lord, that these guys are, are building blocks. They're warriors. They're mighty men and women of God. They're royalty in this place. They're living stones. They're members of your body. Lord Jesus, they are all leaders. And Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Why don't you just say, uh, uh, turn to your name and say, you are great. And look them in the eyes. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Let's give uh, Jesus a big round of applause. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing today. Awesome. Awesome. So towards Marty and Karen, towards leadership, towards one another, give honor, be loyalty, be loyal and release that greatness. Have a great week, guys. Bless you. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.